Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. You know, I didn't start a series last week. I wanted to just, sometimes I would just, I struggle with just doing it one time and moving on, but I, I feel led to continue talking about hearing the voice of God. So we, we, we started last week and I think we'll be able to stop it here if there's no um, urge to, uh, or, or unction to keep going with it. Um, so we're looking at hearing the voice of God and I got a few um, comments, people saying they really appreciated the message and that's an encouragement to me. Please always know that if you have questions, you are more than welcome to send an email to the office. You can, um, to the office email, um, you can always, uh, stop me in the hallway and ask, you know, um, but it's important that, uh, we, we, we have conversations around the things that we're studying from the scriptures. Very, very important. So we're talking about hearing the voice of God. Now, just before I go on, let me ask you, why do you think it's important to hear the voice of God? Why do you think it's important to hear the voice of God? Can we have some contributions from the audience, please? Let's, let's learn together. Why should we hear from the voice of God? Yes, uh, Babette. This is good. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Yeah, that was too loud. Eh? <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Thank you so much. Um, you had your hand up. Uh, Good for direction. We have to know which way to go. Who else was the? Uh... Yes, sir. There's confirmation on our decisions. Confirmation on our decisions. I mean, you are free to make whatever decisions, right? but you want to see that God is backing it up. Uh, the Lord is saying, keep going. I'm cheering you on. Are there any more? Yes, ma'am. Correction. correction. I, we don't like that one, right? But <laughs> we need correction. Yes. Anyone else? Okay. We've exhausted the... Uh... <laughs> How about... How about knowing what God has in his heart concerning you or his purposes? Maybe that falls on a direction. I think we basically rounded up, you know, most other things we would say will fall under the things people have actually contributed here. Direction, correction, uh, building our faith. I like that one too. Because if our faith, remember how I always say that faith is a currency of heaven, right? And how I try to, disabuse our minds from limiting our understanding of currency to dollars and cents. And to say that currency has more to do with alignment than it is to do with money, or I'm talking about alignment, is a currency. It's how we align with the reality of heaven. So our faith must grow. So hearing the voice of God, number two, and I'm going to read a scripture. Please follow me carefully this morning, as you always do. Let's go to uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1. Now, 2 Peter was written to the Jewish believers, well, and of course, to all those who believe in Christ. If you look at uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, I'm not correct with that, please. He didn't, he was an apostle to the Jews, but his letter was to the believers, to everyone who believed. So he, this is what he says, 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, this letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. So this is to you, to me. 
This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. So he's saying, I'm writing to you. Now let's go to what he's writing about the voice of God somewhere and how we should take heed to this voice. And he's, he goes on to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. I'll read from verse 16. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly, beloved, my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture, somebody say scripture, ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by who? The Holy Spirit. And they spoke from who? From God. This is very important. So Paul, uh, Peter sorry, is writing about an experience they had. We have heard about the Transfiguration Mount, where they went up into the mountain, and there Jesus was transfigured before them. They saw Moses and Elijah appear to Jesus and had a conversation with him. Peter, James, and John, they had this experience. It was a wonderful experience. Some of us here today have had visions, we've had dreams, we have had encounter with, we've had encounters with angels. He's saying that all of those things you've had, why they're important to build your faith, as our sister over there said, that you should still pay attention to what? To the scriptures. You know why? Because the scriptures are guardrails. What did I just say? Guard what? Guardrails. So that if perhaps the enemy is trying to give you a lying vision... The scriptures that you already have implanted in you provides the protection from the lies of the devil. If people don't know the scriptures, and when I say know the scriptures, I don't mean every page, every verse. What I mean is if you don't have just some basic understanding of the scripture, how do you litmus test what the enemy is doing? How do you, how do you for example, know that the, the enemy is telling a lie? You know how bank op uh, operatives know fake notes. They handle as much as possible originals. I've said that before, saying that again. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible tells us that the scripture is given and is by God and is profitable for instruction, for correction, for the building of faith, for preparing us to do the work of God. So let's look first at, let's talk about the authority of the scriptures, the authority of the scriptures. Okay, to deny the authority of the scriptures is to deny the very voice of God. Upon whose authority or what authority do doctors operate or perform any procedure is upon the authority of the text. There is a text. You cannot graduate as a banking official without going through a text. You cannot graduate and operate in human resources, in nursing, in... Oh, Flying a plane, you know, you have to have had certain hours of flying before you can become a commercial pilot. You can't be certified without those things. There is a text upon which every practice is based. There is a text upon which every profession is based. There is a text upon which 
every process in industry is based. There is a text called safety manual when you go into any building. It's there so that we can evacuate safely, so that we can operate the building safely, so that we can enjoy the building, what? Safely. It's based on a text. So here's the problem. If our lives are controlled, if our lives are managed, if our lives depend so much upon text in every field, as I have mentioned, why then is there a problem with the text here? The problem with the text here is because people are rebellious to God. It's as simple as that. I have just shown you that the text, this text, is inspired by God. Peter said, it's an inspired text. So for even those who believe in God, there's a problem sometimes with the text. So think about it. There's hardly anything. When a fire truck is called and they pull up to your house on an ambulance, they follow the text. When they come in to put somebody on the, on the, they don't just yank the body and just throw him onto the stretcher and start running out because they are in a hurry to get them to the hospital. They follow certain procedures. I've seen them operate before several times in a, a previous job I held. I've seen them come into my home too on one occasion. So it's different. Actually, the one they came into my home, I think I, I watched it on video. So, because my daughter videoed it, <laughs> it was many years ago. So, but they, they, they follow a process that's based on a text, on a text. This text has been given to us and is the authority of the scriptures. We, mu we, must, we must hold on to the authority of the scriptures. So the apostle Paul elevates the scripture above supernatural experiences. The supernatural must be confirmed by the scripture. So whatever experience you have, we've seen it. This was somebody who saw Jesus. This was somebody who ate with Jesus. This was the guy who saw Jesus walking on water. He says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come and let me also walk on the water. And he did walk for a few seconds before he began to sing. This one said, don't elevate your experience over what? The scripture. So if you have an experience, don't, you have a friend you like very much. You hang out with them, but they're not living in a way that will help you. And they're pulling you down. And you can see they're pulling you down. But because you just like hanging out with them so much and they gossip, you hang out with them and you join in the gossip. What you are doing is that you are elevating your experience above the word of God. Because the word tells you not to do that, but you are doing that. You see, that's elevating it. You enjoy their company so much. On a Sunday, you are just about to go to church. They just show up. You cancel because of them. You are still tied to the world. I'm not saying don't be friends with people who don't believe. All I'm saying is that if they're pulling you down, if they're not helping you grow in your faith, there's a need for you to review your faith and where you're at. We have to do what the word says because it's in doing what the word says that we get blessed. People can't, see, if people, people can't pull down the church and the things of God and we say we, we enjoy their company more than the company of God's people, I don't get it. The Apostle Paul instructs the early church to give attention to the public reading of Scripture in 1 Timothy 4.13. He says, give attention to the reading of the word. This is to say, let the authority of the word has its, have, sorry, have its place in your life, in the life of the church. We should actually be having Bible readings in Joy Fountain as part of our Sunday services where we have at least three to five minutes of Bible reading. Somebody comes here and reads a portion of scripture to the hearing. I think we should put that. Who, who believes we should? Who thinks we should do that? It won't take away from us. I think it will only add to us. Actually, I grew up with that, where someone would come. People had an assignment. You have an assignment. Brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, on Sunday, you are going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 63, verse 1 to 10. 
That's their job for the Sunday. Then they were told to pray and prepare. Don't just come up there and just, you know, be chewing, chewing gum while you are reading. No, 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 we don't want that. Don't come with tomato ketchup stain on your shirt and, you know, just standing there. No, do it properly. So people were encouraged to prepare before they come up to read the word. Because when we, the word is read, it's like dew falling upon God's people. Very important. Let's now go to the voice, the Holy Scriptures, and your pain. The voice, the Holy Scriptures, and your pain. Friends, the voice of God is important because of the pain that we will likely face in the journey of life. Many people are paralyzed by painful experiences, limiting or destroying their potential. Just because of yesterday's pain, many people can't go forward. How many of you have gone through a painful situation and then you see an opportunity, you don't take it because of the pain that had happened before? There are many people who have sworn never to enter into any relationship because of the past. And even when God is providing an opportunity, they don't see it because they've blocked their minds as a result of the pain. And I'm not blaming anyone here, and I'm not shaming anyone. All I'm saying is, hey, there could be an opportunity out there. Don't paralyze your future. Don't destroy your future because of the past. How many people drive their vehicles looking in the rearview mirror? That's an accident waiting to happen. You don't go like that. Look ahead more. There's a reason why your vehicle, how many of you have a car here? Or have ever driven one? Have you noticed that the windshield is far bigger than your rear view mirror? If you combine the left one, the right one, and the one up there, they are just a fraction of the, it's, it's just telling you, look straight ahead. <laughs> and let more people, when you look ahead as a driver, guess what? Your spouse, your child, all the people in the vehicle are also, they have such great view. If, it was, if the back view was so important, they would, have give, they would have put a big mirror in between so that the people in the back could jolly well just be looking at all those cars behind you. And the car tells us that life to be successful must be looking ahead. Somebody say looking ahead. There's no problem with looking behind. It's just to be safe. But you can't keep looking behind. It doesn't help. The voice of God through the Holy Scriptures will help you overcome pain and move your pain to the place of progress and prosperity. Many people are paralyzed, like I said, but God has something to say when pain shows up and taunts you. This is why you need to tune in. See, pain can cause us to tune out. But when you go through pain, tune in. When there's pain at work, tune in. When there's pain from your boss, tune in. When there's pain from your spouse, tune in. When there's pain from your kids saying things they shouldn't say, tune in. When we have pain going on in our lives, we need to what? Tune in. Because God has something to say about the pain. Promotion mostly comes within and after a season of pain. Embrace the pain as what? As an opportunity. Quit the tantrum. Many believers, this is where you know who is mature and who is immature. As soon as there's a problem... We just begin to, oh no, everybody knows, the whole world knows how the world is crashing down on you. You are not the first to go through hard times. People went through it before you. By the way, your parents went through hard times. They had a smaller house than you. You have a house twice the square foot of your parents' house. You have less children than your parents had. Your parents have everything in that little house. You have a bigger house with less children, two cars. They, had, they shared one car. You have met, they're happier than you are. What's wrong with us in this generation? 
Some of our parents borrowed more money. Well, my parents didn't build any house here, so. But I, you understand what I'm talking about? Some of our parents in recent generations borrowed more money at, uh, sorry, uh, lesser amounts of money at higher interest rates. Some people pay 12% interest rate. We have interest rate at 1.5% at one time here in this country. People have their mortgages at 3%. Friends, we have to learn how to allow God to help us enjoy the journey. Do you know that the Lord can help you enjoy the journey? Somebody say, say with me, enjoy the journey. That's what God wants for you, to enjoy the journey. My friend was telling me a story the other day, how people place so much on the future happiness. So he's, he talks about a lady who came to him to say, I want to be married. Seven years before, she was looking for someone. that I really want to have a husband. And the day I find the right guy, the day I find this guy, the day I'm getting married, the my day of my wedding will be the happiest day of my life. And my friend actually is running his doctoral in uh, uh, clinical counseling for uh, a marriage and all that kind of stuff. So he's, uh, he says to her, are you sure? She says, yes. Well, on the day of her wedding, because she didn't want a big wedding, she wanted a small wedding, she wanted to be, she said it was the happiest day of her life. So they went to downtown Atlanta and uh, he was to officiate, the, 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 he was the officiant. And uh, he arrived and the wedding was, went smoothly, everything was done. A few friends were there and the papers were signed. And as soon as she came out of the city office, the marriage registry's office, where she parked her car, the car had been towed by the city. And the fine for that particular place is very heavy. And she was upset. On the day, she said, how could this happen on the day I've been waiting for the happiest day of my life? My car was towed. Here she was with her beautiful white dress and her car that they were going to ride off into the sunset together with her guy had been towed. If you place so much happiness on the future events, you may be disappointed. Learn to what? Enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey. Because, see, night and darkness sometimes travel side by side. <laughs> As the night is fading away, day is coming. So, so when, you are, when you are making progress, there's always problems. You know how I always say, every new, devil, every new level brings what? New devils. People say, if I had, if I had a hundred thousand, one guy said if he had a lot of money, he would be so happy. So one day he got a lot of money. And he took it home. It was cash. It was 100,000 in a different currency. And when he got home, the first time in his life he would have that kind of money. He got home that night. He said, oh, this is the happiest day of my life. I've never had this kind of money. My parents were poor. Look at me. This is the beginning of a new day, a new dawn. So he put the money into a drawer and he went to sleep. Bedtime came and he, he fixed himself good supper. He went to sleep. Ah, he couldn't sleep. He turned. <laughs> he was thinking of the money in the drawer. So he got up, he said, oh, you know, it's not safe there. So he took it and put it in the kitchen under some pots and pans, and he went back to sleep. An hour later, he got up again and said, ah, you know, if somebody comes to the house, there, that's where they are going to look. So he went there again, pulled the 100,000 out, and he went and put it in behind the toilet, covered it with some paper. He said, anybody who comes into this toilet would think, for hours, he was plotting where to hide the money. Two o'clock in the morning, he's still thinking. I think if I put, so he put the money, then he put it inside the toilet, the toilet tank. So when you flush the water, you know where that water is? He put it there, covered it up. 
Then he went to sleep. In the morning, the first place he went was to check whether anybody had taken it out. This is a true story. Sometimes we feel that, oh, that day will be a great day until the day arrives. And we realize that is not what we thought. Enjoy the journey. And God can help us enjoy the journey by speaking to our lives. In Hosea 13, 13, I read it later. In the New Living Translation, it brings a clearer demonstration of what the verse is saying. That people go through pain, but then they become like a child that refuses to come out of the womb. The pain is a signal of something that can come, good or bad. But you can force good out of a situation that looks bad. In Jeremiah 15, 16, the Bible says, I ate your words, and they were to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. The word of God should bring joy to us. The word of God should bring hope to us. I want to round off by talking about letting the word speak. Friends, we've got to create time for scripture study and meditation. We've got to create time. We're very busy in North America, but you have to create time for scripture study and meditation. You've got to pay attention to scriptures that hold or draw your attention. You know, we talked about the voice of God earlier on. And we talked about five different ways, principal ways that God speaks. But one of them is the scriptures. And if you don't know how to hear God, this is where to start. If you're not sure who is speaking to you, this is where to start, the scripture. The more you learn to, from the scripture, the more you pay attention to scriptures, the better. Pay attention to scriptures that hold or draw your attention in a sustained manner. I've been teaching this for years. I mention it all the time in small groups, in uh, leadership meetings, everywhere. When you open the scripture and you are going through it, pay attention to those verses that tend to rise up, drawing your attention. And if they hold your attention in a sustained manner, I guarantee you God is trying to say something to you. Obey the word and enjoy creative and restorative power. If you obey the word, you'll enjoy that definitely. Because in the word is creative power. In the word is restorative power. I want to ask you a question. How has the word of God spoken to you today? Will you obey? Because I believe as we're going through the message, there was something there that God is speaking to you. There's definitely a message for you in this this morning. Perhaps it is that you should pay a little bit more attention, create time. If you're not in the habit of having devotionals or you've dropped it, start today, tonight, tomorrow morning, before you leave your home. Take five, 10, 15 minutes, however time you can afford, a moment of silence before God. Thank him for your life, thank him for your day. And say, Lord, I want you to speak to me from your word. I'm telling you, I guarantee you, that the scriptures will take a hold on your heart. They will grip your heart like never before. And that will begin a, 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 you see, every time I spend time in prayer in the morning, I find myself more energized than if I did not. Most of us depend on coffee for our energy. What if you depended on the almighty God? I, I didn't say it's bad to have coffee. What I say is what if you gave God the glory instead of coffee the glory? What if you were able to say, I feed on the word of God? My wife and I were in Dallas just recently, and we met a woman there. Honestly, I thought she was 55, right? Oh, not even six, I thought she was 55. And uh, she was giving a speech there at the uh, event venue at the Kelly Copeland's um, um, ministry premises. So later during lunch, we were talking, because she made a comment. We asked something. She says, oh, no, uh, we don't know we're old. <laughs> you know, I said, well, really? But then I looked at her husband, he looked, you know, like, yeah, he's well advanced in years. I asked her, I said, so um, if you don't mind, uh, I, she said, well, she's uh, 70, what was she? 76. I said, what? So she started rolling out the names of people she had worked with 
As a matter of fact, she worked with Kenneth Hagin. Some of you may have known. She worked with her. I said, how did you know? She, she knows Billy Graham. She knows all these people. I'm like, really? She says, yes. I know you wouldn't believe it, but that's my age. I'm so shocked by this individual. So, you know, and then I said, so what, what is your secret? And she said, oh, really? I've eaten the scriptures for a long time. She says, I eat the scriptures. Friends, let us eat the scriptures. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.